do you enjoy most about being in the classroom? I enjoy just spending time with the children because mm -hmm. they always amaze me with their brilliant ideas. I don't know what might happen this next moment because yeah. they, they are always playing, they're always exploring, and sometimes they notice things that I have never thought of before. Yeah. yeah. Like when we were reading a book, they can always notice the details in the in the picture, in the illustrated yeah. work. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. That's such a luxury um, to kind of just be with children mm -hmm. because especially for parents that might be listening, going through the day-to-day -day activities, you're always like looking at your phone or mm -hmm. washing the dishes or kind of getting, you know, hustling to the next activity. Whereas in the classroom, it sounds like you're saying you really have that luxury of time yeah. to just like get to know them. That's right. And for two-year-olds, it's sometimes it can be hard to know what they're thinking about, but I feel like it's much easier than other age groups to see what's really going on in their mind. Yeah. yeah you can see the rationale for their like action, yeah. and you can really talk to them, and you can really make a change in their life yeah. in some ways. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Because they wear their heart on their sleeve at this age, right? Yeah. They're still so innocent. Um, on the flip side, what do you find to be <laughs> challenging about being in the classroom? I would say multitasking because I'm always multitasking. Like mm -hmm. I'm helping this friend with a puzzle and then another friend wants to talk talk to me, showing me something. And then we have a children at uh, arrival and need some help saying goodbye to their grown-ups. So sometimes I feel like I'm talking to three or four different children at the same time. <laughs> Giving yeah. everyone what they need yeah. when they need it. That's right. That is challenging. How do you, what are some strategies you use to kind of make sure everybody that needs your attention gets it? What do you do to help them feel that way? So at that moment, I have to kind of prioritize. So I'll say, Alpen, you want to show me the, the polar bear. I, let me talk to you later. Mm -hmm. Right now, I really need to help this friend. Yeah. And then we'll listen to the message. And then I will make sure I remember to go, go back bad. to him. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. I remember once I forgot about something and James Kwang, James in the sheep class, <laughs> he told me, Liu Lao Shu, you did a bad job today. Oh no. <laughs> I said, How? So I was supposed to change the materials in the sensory table with him, mm -hmm. but at that moment a friend was crying and really need to help them at that moment. So yeah. I stepped out and I asked Professor Lopez to help me with the sensory table changing materials. Mm -hmm. So James remembered that because I was supposed to do that. So he told me, you did a bad job. But <laughs> Professor Lopez did a great job. <laughs> so funny. He remembered. Yeah. Um, I remember when I was a grad student once I had a professor that told me if there are many children that want your attention at once, mm -hmm. you can give your attention to them in nonverbal ways. So for mm -hmm. example, if one, t one child is showing you their picture, you can be acknowledging like you worked so hard. At the same time, you could put your hand on the other child's arm, yeah, right? Yeah, so yeah. even though you're not engaging with them, they know that you still have a, they still have a piece of you. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes I can tell a friend is like in my bag or next to me without even looking at them in that direction. <laughs> I will know that's uh, Samantha in my bag and yeah. I will tell her, I'll talk to you later. They're yeah. sending that energy to yeah. you, right? Like, mm -hmm. I need to talk to you. Mm -hmm. I need some attention too. Mm -hmm. um, what's one thing you really want all of our listeners who are mm -hmm. parents of preschoolers, mm -hmm. um, you offer a different perspective than they have, right, because you're in the classroom with their children every day and you know children in a different way because you're a teacher. What's one thing you really want parents of preschoolers to know? I really want all the parents to know that it's very important to set limits with their children at set home. Limits. 
What does that mean? <laughs> what is so, setting limits? So at school, especially in small world, it's a very structured program, mm -hmm. and we give students the expectations, and we are helping them to achieve those expectations. Mm -hmm. But at home, the the situation might be different. Mm -hmm. Maybe the student, the, the the children can get to do whatever they can, mm -hmm. especially for very young children. Mm -hmm. Some parents think that's okay to do that, mm -hmm. but I really hope the parents will know that it's very beneficial for the students as well to know the limits, to know the boundaries of mm -hmm. some things. Like there are some things that they really should follow that they are not supposed to be doing. Yeah. And there is a limit. Yeah. 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 Mm. So that at school and at home they like parents and teachers can be on the same same page and it won't be so confusing for the children. There's consistency yeah. for the children. Yeah. yeah. Oftentimes parents express to me and I'm sure to you as well mm. as their teacher that they don't want to stifle their children's creativity mm -hmm. or make them feel like they did something wrong. And we as early childhood educators, it's important for us to remind parents, not only is it okay for you to give them a limit, mm -hmm. it's a good thing. Mm -hmm. You are doing them a favor by telling them no, sometimes making them cry, right? Being consistent with the limits. That's um, a responsibility as a parent. It's not a bad thing, mm -hmm. even though it might be hard um, to see your child upset, but you are actually doing your duty as a parent to set those limits, yeah, it's very important. Okay, let's switch gears a little bit. <laughs> um, I like to think that Avenues is a special place. What do you think it is about our Avenues community of families that makes it so special? I would say it's it's about the families because they are, I would say they're so nice mm -hmm. and they are really trusting the teachers, yeah. especially for the small world program. They are entrusting us with their precious children, mm -hmm. with their little ones. So, but I feel like they really trust us and yeah. that's very important. Yeah. yeah. Whenever I talk to the parents, they always say like, uh, they always say some compliments to me, mm -hmm. and that's very important. That I feel so special. Yeah. They talk to me that over the like the holiday season, <laughs> their child is talking about Liu Lao their teachers <laughs> at home all the time. All their family, the grandparents know the teachers' names. Yeah, oh, that's so cute. <laughs> even though the grandparents have never met yeah. you before, that is an incredible gift. The mm -hmm. trust of the parents that they entrust their children to us yeah. to teach them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, an Avenues parent once told me that Avenues has all the best teachers, oh. which I like to believe is true. Uh, why do you think this is true? Because we, we believe in education and we really love what we're doing. And that's why we have the commitment to, for this job. I'll say working at Avenues can be very demanding mm -hmm. because of the workload and because of like the efforts we put in. But it, but if we are really motivated, if we're really, we really love what we're doing, then that won't be a problem. Yeah. Yeah. For me, every morning when I wake up, I might feel a little bit tired, but the thought of working with my children, working with the families, makes me very energetic and very motivated. Mm. Yeah. Mm. What you say is true. I mean, mm. I, you know, probably every like every school likes to think they're special, but mm. I think we're special. Um, and you said it right, the work here is very demanding, mm -hmm. it's not easy, and so we only retain the teachers that really enjoy <laughs> this work and really yeah. believe in the work, and so our teachers are especially dedicated. Um, so Karen, you're expecting. Yes. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Um, 
How do you anticipate becoming a parent mm. a little bit later this year? How do you think that will inform your practice as an early childhood educator? So actually, one year ago, when that it when I when it was my second year teaching at Avenues, I had a moment like an epiphany that if I am a parent now, maybe I can be a better teacher. Oh, it was just an idea. Yeah. <laughs> because I will have like the similar situation at home. I will have not a two-year-old, but but a young mm -hmm. baby at home, and that might make me a better teacher. Yeah. How to emphasize with the new parents because yeah. I will be a new parent at yeah. that moment too. And now I'm expecting, yeah. and I real I feel like that might be a wonderful opportunity for me to be a better teacher, and also my teaching experience, being an early childhood educator, can also help me to be a better parent. Yeah. yeah. That's not the only reason you're becoming a parent, <laughs> <No>. though, right? <laughs> no, I'm just joking. That's a, it's funny because you call it an epiphany, and it sounds so simple, and yet it's not. Mm. You know, like that realization of how becoming a parent will inform your practice as an educator. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when I was a new parent several years ago, I was talking with a friend that was also a new parent, mm. and she was telling me how... Um, someone had told her in a parent-teacher conference, this friend is also a teacher, mm -hmm. a parent in her class had said, I just want my child to be happy. Mm -hmm. And like how I, my friend and I in that moment, how we just like felt it so much more. And it feels so obvious to anyone that's a parent or not a parent, right? You just want your child to be happy. But when you're a parent, you feel that so much more deeply. Like, I totally understand what you mean. Mm -hmm. I just want my child to be happy. That really, it was such a simple statement, but it resonated so much. Mm -hmm. Um... That's the end of the hard questions. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but if you've listened to our podcast in the past, you know that I like to end with something I call small talk ending points. Uh -huh. um, so these are just some quick fire, fun, yeah. don't think about it, just give me an answer. Mm -hmm. Just for fun, a fun way to end our time together. What's the first thing you do when you arrive to the classroom each morning? Uh, it depends actually. Okay. It depends on my job rotation for that week. Okay, tell yes. us about so that. So in my team, the three teachers have a job rotation for every week or every two weeks. Okay. So one teacher might be doing snack preparation that week, mm -hmm. one teacher might be doing all the dishwashing, and one teacher <laughs> will do like the setup, the activity setup in the classroom. Okay. So this, two, this past two weeks I've been doing snack. Mm -hmm. So the first thing I do when I walk inside the classroom is to uh, fill out the water pitcher, cutting okay. apples or bananas. <laughs> so preparing the snack. Yeah. <laughs> do you have a favorite or least favorite of the three jobs? Maybe dishwashing is the least, least favorite. favorite. <laughs> yeah. I think maybe that's everyone's least favorite. I think so too. Yeah. Do you have a favorite? Cutting snack, I think. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> favorite. <laughs> okay. Um... What's one thing you miss the most about your hometown in China? Oh, my parents, my pet dog. I have a Siberian oh. Husky. She is almost 10 years old now. Oh. Yeah, I miss them too much. I always say I miss my dog better, more than my parents. <laughs> what is your dog's name? Uh, Harry. Harry. Uh, yeah. It's an English name. Yeah, Holly or Harry. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, I should have asked you this before. Where are you from in China? I'm from Beijing, China. Yeah, I was born and raised there. Nice. How many years have you been in New York City? Uh, five years. Five yeah, years now. Yeah, almost six years. Wow. Mm -hmm. What's your favorite season? Uh, summer. Summer. Why? Because my birthday is in August, so I love summer. Uh, because yeah. you love celebrating your birthday? 
Yeah, and also I just like the the time when I when I was born. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, pick one: subway or bus. Bus. Pick one: winter or summer. Summer. We just answered that. Yeah. Pick one: morning person or night owl. Night owl. I'm definitely a night owl. Is that right? Yeah. That's ironic because you have to report to work every morning in like the seven o'clock hour. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes I can be both. Like I'm a night owl. I went to bed at one, but I also have to wake up at six. And you could get by yeah, on that little I can sleep. Do that, yeah. That'll be a good uh, asset to you once you become <laughs> <laughs> once you have a newborn. Um, last one. Pick one: washing dishes or vacuuming. Vacuuming. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm from California, mm. and in California, every house has rugs. Mm. Whereas here in New York City, like this area, most people don't have rugs. No. Wooden I guess, floor. Yeah, I guess people vacuum wooden floors, mm. right? Or maybe you just get on your hands and knees and wa- wipe the floor. <laughs> thanks for taking your time. Thank you so much. Listeners, thanks for taking the time to listen to this podcast, and we'll see you this uh, next week. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.